0: the great Scott show ESPN had the best ticket in sports joining me now as promised known by many the legend Gerald Broussard on the phone line with me this morning from parts unknown good morning G how's life
1: Oh, it's doing good, Scott. Actually, you know, just like probably 90% of the people in South Louisiana have been fighting my allergies and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, when you finally get that good night's sleep and then you wake up and, and yeah, bro, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm getting ready to go whoop somebody today. I don't know who, but I'm feeling frisky.
0: Man, hit the gym. That's, see, that I'm still waiting on that good night of sleep. That sounds awesome. Um, but by by the time 7 a.m. hits, it's just all the caffeine that's gotten me going. It's not necessarily a good night's sleep, but I'm glad you got it. What, uh, what, what is, what is Gerald Bruce What is your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time, G? Because I know you've got the whole catalog.
1: Yeah, no, I, Uh, you, you, you could play them and I'd say, yeah, I've heard that one. Or maybe I haven't, or maybe I have, I don't know. Whatever it would be, would be, would be probably a lie, but, uh, I I, As as I mentioned last week, we were talking about them a little bit and Ron, run DMC. That's right. uh, I get confused.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's talk some football, G. One thing I wanted to start with you on, you know, folks can get certain analysis, you know, sometimes you can get the same analysis in a lot of places. What I like to get from you is something that you're not going to get a lot of places. And I want to start with a coaching staff. You know, you've, you've been on a lot of coaching staffs in your life. As a former player, you went into coaching and you were in the college football ranks and you were an assistant and you coached line group. You coached a lot of stuff, G. You've got, you, you've got a large catalog of coaching. Billy Napier told me Monday when I asked him, hey, look, you've been approached by a number of schools. What, what was different about Florida? Why this one? And he didn't divulge the specific details of his contract. But if you listen good, you could hear the hints. And it didn't surprise me when he said staff, right? He said, look, they, they're, they're giving me the tools to do the things that I think you have to do to have winning football. And, you know, in in all, in all aspects of the game and staff and, you know, staff's important. We, Dr. Maggard gave Coach Napier the biggest contract pool for a staff. When he got to UL, he talked so much about the staff. And I think one reason why he pulled his name out of some potential runnings in years prior, if you talk to people around the industry, that they would tell you, well, staff, right? As a guy that's been on a lot of staffs, and you've been on some good ones, and you get on some ones that didn't have the success that they hoped that they would have. How much can, everybody talks about players, right? Yeah, a couple of bad apples can do this. How much can one bad apple impact the staff? And how much can unity of a football staff impact the winning on the field? Just some specificity in regards to the, the difference that makes. Because people hear it a lot, but as somebody that's lived it like you, I know you can you know, give that firsthand perspective.
1: Yeah, I think, it, and when you listen to Coach Napier, and one of the things in talking to people about it in the past, about why he stayed and why he turned stuff down, and look, I've never asked Billy about it personally, you know, and and, and I, I wouldn't. I don't think he and I have a good enough relationship to me to get in his head. Now, at some point, I'd like to sit down and, and, and over a cup of coffee with him to talk about it, and, and, but I, I think when you look at Florida, what makes Florida different than what we heard with the Auburns or the South Carolinas or the Mississippi States in the past, uh, is that not only do you? You're only as good, Scott. You know this. You're in business. You're only as good in, in who you surround yourself with, and it's all about players. But you still have to get the players, and you also have to, to nurture and develop the players. And that comes from the staff. The staff is going to be. Able, you can have a great player, but but if you can't get the best out of them, you just got a, a, a shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, and, and look, the streets are filled with shoulda, coulda, would guys that that you know have the talent. To be able to do it, but for whatever reason, couldn't maximize their their abilities at whatever stage they're at. Uh, you know, right now, I, I had a friend of mine who's a Florida alum send me uh, some video on their current quarterback, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy's unbelievable. But yet, Florida's, you know, they're struggling to be bowl eligible. Why is that? Because they're not playing up to their capabilities, and they're playing up to. I don't want to say potential because I had a player tell me one time when I told me he had a lot of potential. He said that just means I ain't worth a crap right now. And I said, okay, pretty much, you know. But his high school coach had told him that, and so, uh, you know, when 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 you are at a place like Florida, your assistant coaches pool and your support pool has opened up to everybody in the country. He he can he can go out and get whoever he wants to come to Florida, irregardless of where they are. If he wants Rob Sale to come back and, and be his offensive line coach or offensive coordinator, he can go get the New York Giants and, and, and try and get him. If he feels like that's the guy, if he thinks that the guy at Oklahoma State is at which names that, that we've all heard, you know, if he feels like that's the guy to be the defense coordinator, well, I'm in Florida. Now, Mississippi State, maybe he couldn't do that. At Auburn or, or South Carolina, maybe he couldn't do that. At Florida, you can do that. And, and the other part of it is with, with Coach, Coach has a, a feeling of necessity when it comes to all of the, the, the support people, the, the number. Scott, we, we've talked about this before. It's amazing the amount of people that are on the trip with the Cajuns that don't play. They're not players and they're not full-time coaches. And, 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 I, I, and whether they be analysts or whether they be, and I know, you know, like Coach Vietar is, is there for free. 'Cause Coach Viettory is retired and he can do that. But but he chose to do that. Uh but but he's got a number of other analysts that are there and every coach, every coach has a guy that that's a whether it be an analyst or assistant or whatever, that that is his own personal to go with him. So you got ten full time coaches, that means that they have all got ten analysts, and then you've got some of the special teams, some with recruiting, some handling your, your uh, social media, some handling your academics, some handling this, that and other everything that coach feels is important, he's got somebody accountable for getting that done. That to, to where, you know, back in the day, you know, I, if, if you were an assistant coach, it was all the other duties that took away from your time of coaching. Uh, the way coach has it set up, or Coach Napier has been able to see do this, is that he doesn't take time away from coaching because he, he has other people to do that. And that's just, you know, kind of, and, and talking with folks that's, you know, just the saving way of doing things and all that stuff. But not everybody can do that. Not everybody sees that as important. And so if, if, if he does, he being Billy, if he does, then I think that that's, you know, something that he's been able to get across. And I think that's something that Florida has bought into. But you, again, when you talk about it, you know, you can players make plays now we all understand that but you've got to maximize your players ability to be able to make plays and that comes from your staff now look at the different type of staff now that you're dealing with here because i saw somewhere somebody talked about coach napier never got a three-star recruit i don't care you got about 800 guys not 800 i'm being facetious with it, but you got a number of guys playing in the nfl that he coach and then his staff developed into the players that they are uh, and, and and that's, you know, I think that a, a school like UF, you've got to be able to develop players. I don't care what you sign them as and what they play as, that's important. You've got to be able to develop it. Now, it's a little bit different in Florida because you can go out there with that UF on your shirt, and everybody at that school, whether they're good or not, they want to go home with you. And so you, the ones you get you got to make sure that you maximize. Now, there is some player development that comes into it, but a lot of it is, especially nowadays, it's it's player nurturing. And so, you know, you're having to deal with the transfer portal. You're having to deal with moms and pops, and you're having to deal with the the NLI or NIL, you know, and and all that stuff. And and, um, there, there are a lot of other things that go into it. What Coach is able to do, though, and what he sees is, He's got people that he feels like have expertise and all that stuff to, to put in the position to help him manage all of that. And uh, I think that's something that Florida was able to do for him. I, I mean, just in talking and, and, you know, being around some of the people that are around him. You know, I, I, I'm not surprised that he, in fact, I think the last time you and I spoke, you asked me if I thought he was going to be there next year. And I said, no. And uh and, and yeah, it's UL, been going right, on for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the Florida been stuff. been going on for yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah, but because of Florida, because of the, the the opportunity that Florida brought, in opposed to some of the other opportunities he's had in the past.
0: ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports, great sketch We're visiting with Gerald Bruce R. G. Um, last last coaching staff question: um, Have you been on? You don't need to name names. Have you been on staffs where everything was just? working like clockwork right there was an understanding and have you been on staffs where there was just it it, it was just off right a personality just maybe division and and what 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 is that like you know do players feed off of that kind of energy good or bad right because yeah it's about developing and all the things you said but as a coach I imagine whenever you know, you've got great unity in terms of it doesn't mean everybody's best friends, but probably probably makes work easier and, and more enjoyable when things are, you know, clicking than whenever they're not. Right.
1: Yeah, it really is. And it really does. And I tell you the things that make it tough and then, and, and, you know, do <laughs> sound terrible when I say it, but I am you know, I mean, we, we talk and stuff. Wives can run a staff now. I'm just talking about you. It, it's all part of having the right wives because, you know, they sit in the stands. They get to worry about, you know, my, my husband not getting credit for this, that, or other because they hear it. Everybody hears it, you know, and I've been on st- on staffs where it, it was all great and, and everything's going good, and then all of a sudden, one wife didn't like the way things were going, and next thing you know, you've got <laughs> I mean, it's just like throwing a bad egg in a gumbo. All of a sudden, you done ruined the whole gumbo, you know, and your stuff ain't no good, and, and, it, and it will sour, and it will continue to sour. And uh, I remember when, when I, one of the staffs I was on, one of the, the assistant coaches, the coordinator, called in the guy whose wife was causing the issues, and told him, said, look, I think you're a good football coach. I think we can work together. I think we, this is going to go good. But if I hear one more thing out of your wife in that stance, I'm going to fire you. He said, this ain't going to work. And he said, "If you can't get her to either buy in, or then y'all need to move on. Then, then you know it's just not going to work. And and that's all part of it. Where people, you know, it, it, it's you you spend so much time in there that it, it's not it's not imperative that you get along, but it's important that you do." And uh, and because you know you you, you want to be able to to walk by and you want to pull for offense pull for the defense defense pull for the offense and, and all that good kind of stuff. Truth be known, though, that's you know that that doesn't always happen, and there there are a lot of things that 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 lead to that not happening, and a bunch of it's kind of just insecurity. It comes from strength of the head coach. If you have got a good strong head coach that can control all of that, then you usually don't have that issue. If you don't. Then you're gonna and we'll always have that issue and I think that that's the thing when we, when you we talk about you know the cages the last few years that there's never and look we've had some good people coordinators and stuff, but there's never a doubt who the boss is and, and and how he handles that room and handles that building and and uh and I think that's why it's been the success that they've had and um you know right now though it, it it's it's a tough deal staff wise because right now it's really every man for himself now. Um, you're not a member of the staff anymore because your staff is broken up. So that that makes for it real tough right now. But yeah, I've been on some good ones, I've been on some bad ones, and truth be known as a you know, it it's uh you gotta work through it though. All uh, it whether they're good or bad, you still it, it's just another obstacle that you gotta work through. But man, when if you get a wife that's against you, and I say not against Gerald personally, but you know, if they feel like that their husband's not getting the credit that he deserves and, and then wives will be a little more vocal at times. That can make things
0: really tough in the building. Gerald thought I guess, yeah, it, it, it takes a special woman to be married to a coach, uh, one that, you know, is on different staffs, is moving a lot, is traveling a lot. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, the, the head coach at Arkansas. You know, he and his wife have moved 20-plus uh, times, um, and then mm-hmm. he's finally a head coach. You, you've moved many times. Your son John was – was in many different schools in many different states growing up. It's difficult. And, you know, like you said, um, happy wife, happy life. And when your home life is in check, you know, your work life is more in check as well. And it all all factors into it. Last thing about assistant coaches, because I'm glad you just brought up a point you did. The focus or the conversation among many with Coach Napier was, are you going to coach in the conference championship game? And he said it was never a doubt, right? Are you going to coach in the bowl game? He said that's, that's to be determined. Um, he said it was never a doubt. You know, when I talked to Florida, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm going to be coaching here, and that's my total focus this week, right? When he talked to me Monday, he's like, as soon as I get off the phone. And, and I, don't, I don't doubt him at all. I know that their focus is on this game. You just said it. You had a whole staff. Some of them not sure what happens next. Are are does Billy want them to go with him? Are they going to have opportunities for the next coach here? Do they want to move? Do they want to go? How do you, as an assistant, deal with? Because it's not it's not oh our guy got fired. We're going to be look. It's no we've had great success. But I'm I'm not sure what my next step is. It's not always an assistant on a on a staff that's that's struggling with on field results. The ones that are really good suddenly are looking around. How do you focus on the task at hand when you're an assistant here and your future isn't as mapped out as the head coach who will coach hopefully a win on Saturday and then the next day, you know, be you know, get introduced in, in Gainesville as the next head coach of the Florida Gators.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. It's really tough. And I've been on on, on staff for, you know, the head guy uh, when I was at SFA, our head guy left to go be a coordinator at at at, uh, at Iowa State. And uh, he, he was, you know, we were talking about it. And he, was, he said, look, as soon as I get there, I'll let you know if I can bring you in. And, and he said, we haven't talked and about all the different positions that they're going to have and all this stuff. And and, I, and he, he said, you can't be mad at me. I said, well, dude, I'm not mad. If that's what you want to do, you got to go do that. I just don't know that I would have taken a job and fired nine of my friends. I said, and, and that's in a sense what he did. Uh, because he, he ended up bringing one guy with him, but the other eight of us were out scrambling. Uh, you sit around and say, you know, that our focus has got to be, but the reality of the situation is is that, you know, Billy's leaving. Uh, the other guys, they don't know. And, and you know, I went through it with, with different coaching changes, being at UL, USL, and then at UL, and they, oh, you're a local guy, and they'll want to keep you, and they, yeah, they may have said that, but nobody ever did. And, uh, you know, so there were some chances to leave. I had a good friend of mine that was on the Tulane staff when Bowden was the head coach. They go 12-0 and and in the Liberty Bowl. Bowden leaves and goes to Clemson, doesn't take him. Cell phone comes in, takes the job, doesn't keep him. And the guy ended up in junior college the rest of his career. Golly. And, uh, I mean, look at that. You're on and, the and,
0: greatest team in that school's history. I'll never forget that 98 yeah. Tulane team. I mean, they were they were they were loaded. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were they should have been in a BCS game that year. And you think about the success, and there's a coach on the staff, and it, you know the success leads to him. You know, I I'm sure he did good in JUCO G, but it is a step down probably in terms of salary and everything else because you had a ton of success.
1: Well, and and, and that being said, is when, with that is as, as you mentioned. I mean. Dude, you're living in New Orleans. Now, he he had been in Southern Miss, and been in Hattiesburg, and been in, 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 in several different places, but you're living in New Orleans, and, and now all of a sudden he ends up in Western Mississippi uh, at a junior college, and, and him and his wife there. And I was like, I, I, I'll call him by his nickname. We called him Rabbit all the time. But uh, I said, Rabbit, how's Brenda doing? He said, Dude, we're living in a dorm in Western Mississippi. How do you think she's doing? And, uh, Hey, you know, honey!
0: Uh, congrats! <laughs> uh, you yeah. Oh, you're getting you're winning a lot. You're getting a raise right now. We're uh, we're going to live in a dorm in the middle of nowhere. Yeesh. Yeah, it's tough anyway, man. But it's but
1: that's tough. all. So yeah, you sit in there and, and you go in the building. And look, you try and insulate yourself from it. But but truth be known is now. Used to when the phone would ring, you could hit ignore. Well, now you can't hit ignore. You have to answer every phone call. Right. You've got to be paying attention to everything that comes across. And, and, and you've got to, as hard as you're working for, for yourself or for your school, or for your players, I mean, for, for your players, you got to work for yourself because you just don't know. I mean, you, you think about it, Coach Napier brought in several new guys to this staff this past year, and them guys are just getting here. Now, that's different than when we were coaching Scott only because they've got contracts. You know, back when we were there, we, we didn't get contracts. So, you know, we uh, we've talked about this before. You always called at will employees, which means they only owe you two weeks. Now, they, they, UL did a little bit better. They they would pay you to the end of January. <laughs> like that really helped a lot. Instead of two weeks, they paid you six. Uh, but but you know at that time you know, you're out there scrambling trying to find work. The other part of it is is that you know, people don't think about it. you. You got to worry about insurance for your family because you're getting off the of state insurance now. So you got to worry about insurance for that, and then try and make sure that. Knowing if you're moving, you know, with us, one of the things that was a chore was Julie was an educator. So when we left and went to Arizona, she had to get certified in state Arizona. Then we end up in Tennessee. Well, she didn't reciprocate, so we go to Tennessee. She's over there getting certified in Tennessee. We come back to Louisiana. She starts counseling. She's got to get another certificate to get, to get back into Louisiana. Then we go to Texas. Well, you know Texas doesn't reciprocate anything. They got to have their own, so she gets certified again over there. All for her, just to keep her job. Uh, you know, while we were trying to get us situated. And look, at that age, you don't want to go back to school. But you you kind of do it, and mean, you talk about wives. That's why the girls are so special nowadays. Though you know a lot of coaches making up to where the wives don't have to work, but that just means they've got to do more work with the move and getting all that set up. So, yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a fun time. It's a, it's a, it's a good time because you get ready to celebrate. But some of these guys, to be honest with you, they're going go. They're going they're gonna be in a bowl game. After that bowl game, they're gonna be unemployed. But no, had no fault yeah.
0: of their own. They're going to be unemployed. Gerald Bruce, well, no, no fault of, because they've done great at their job. It's such a again the 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 assistant coaching aspect of college football is the one that doesn't get covered nationally unless you're a top tier assistant. You know, like the cat at Notre Dame, the Brian Kelly, you know, Marcus Freeman. Unless you're one of these cats, maybe that's that's vying for a head coaching position somewhere. Other than that, your name's not the news. Right, and there's a lot more of them than there are the guys that are getting covered. So, it's it's something to keep an eye on this week. Is obviously an extra challenge. Before I ask you about UL versus App State, Gerald, what what is your? You, you've been around college football for so many years, you know, a number of decades. Do you have any? I, I know you've got strong opinions. What do you make of the amount of money the the head coaching? I guess. Tabloids, you know, it's almost like a, a reality TV type thing now. In terms of guys leaving in the middle of the night, the drama surrounding it, the jokes, the the heartache, the fan bases, you know, Oklahoma's fan base now, now, Oklahoma's compliance acting like you know the assistants can't leave because they're state employees. It's like okay, but OU, you, you've you've never taken coaches from other schools, you know, like it's happening to you now, so you feel different. I, the the whole thing, you know. Yeah, NIL, I get it. And yeah, the coaches, all this money. But let's remember, you know, schools can fire coaches whenever they want to and break out of contracts. There's there's so many wrinkles to this thing. People have strong opinions. I just I just wanted yours before we talked about the game Saturday.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I think that look, and and I, I'll say this. I'm a I'm a big fan of being UL and doing UL stuff and broadcasting for the Cajuns and all that good kind of stuff. But but I understand what it is to be dumped on by USL and UL. I understand that personally. And 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 when I say dumped on, it's is there some personal stuff that goes on for that? Now, uh, I I think you know trying to be and and, and and look, I'm not saying I'm a. I tell people all the time I, I'm Catholic. My wife's really Catholic, and I try hard to to without being hypocritical towards my faith and try and turn the other cheek and do all that kind of stuff. It's hard sometimes, Scott. But but I, I think when, when you look at it, and I hear people, their you know, fan bases talk about this and talk about that. My my whole deal is, it's hey, the heck with you. And and that's coming as one, as a person from a fan base now, you know, is that everybody, it's, look, now it's just reported a lot different because of the uh, ability for people to get the word out there with, with all the social media stuff. But, you know, these, I, now, do I like what Lincoln Riley did? No, I I don't like that. Do I understand what he did? Well, sure. I understand because they didn't ask his opinion of going in the SEC, you know, and, and, um, and look, he may or may not have, have, have been in that situation, said he would agree with it or whatever. But uh, I, I, I see uh, Coach Kelly coming over to, to LSU, and, I, and uh, Crippler and I were texting back and forth. Oh, Chris Lano. And, uh, you know, Chris is. And look, I'm, 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 I agree with the hire. I like the hire. I think that dude's crazy wanting to go in the SEC West. Dude, the SEC West. Now, I mean, what a chore. But, but, you know, I I hear all the people that are coming in. Not that I don't think you can win. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything like that. I just think that the SEC West is the toughest conference, not division. That's the toughest conference in college football. Uh, it's just, it's so many good teams. They're getting better. But, but, uh, you know, when, 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 when you hear of people that are being overly critical to guys moving on and taking care of themselves, when they know that they would turn around and just fire them in a heartbeat if things didn't go the way they uh-huh. wanted or anticipated, then, yeah, i have to heck with you. I, I don't worry about that.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like, I feel like a lot, I said this yesterday, it turns into this what about the players and how can the coaches do this? Now, I, I, I do have. Um, you know, I I would I'm sympathetic to the players. As Coach Napier told me, it's it's really hard on probably the younger players, right, who just got somewhere. Um, and 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 it's good that he he understands that and has that empathy. But like I don't I don't blame the coaches either. It's if if you if you have to blame someone, sort of just blame the whole business of college football and and the agents driving up the price and the idea of the price of winning and colleges willing to cut you like that if you're not winning. Oh well, yeah, they pay the head coach all this money. Well, as you and I have discussed here over the last 20 minutes, G, what about all the other coaches, right? Fans don't think about that. So the the idea that if it's not working out, a school can just, you know, throw you out there and not worry about it. I don't blame a coach for saying, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to try to get my best when I can," you know? Um so I I it's if you're looking to blame someone, I feel like a lot of the blame is is almost in the wrong place. It's like, I don't know, and, and things are evolving, and maybe fans will look at it differently years ago. I remember a ton of years ago, people would get mad at any NFL player that held out for more money. Well, how dare they? They're a bad teammate. It's like, don't you know that that team will cut them in a set? Like, why are you defending the owner who's fine instead of this player whose body is their is their income, and they're just trying to look out for themselves. I think, I think you know some fans still feel the same way, but I do think the changes you know, or I guess the thoughts on it among fans have evolved a lot. And maybe 10, 15 years from now, fans will look at it differently. But I do think the vast majority of fans, it is blame the coach, the poor kids. And I, I, again, I'm not saying that the kids aren't in a tough spot and now you've got different transfer rules and it's a little bit easier and all that other stuff. All I'm saying is I don't blame the coaches
1: i agree and i and i do i do feel for the kid i was a, i was a player of the transition you know but back in the day you know coach coach tamarella came in augie tamarella came in and coached for the cages after six years he was gone uh coach, coach sam Robertson came in and replaced him after six years he was gone and then Stoker came in and after his six we got an, a, a, another chance at it the only reason we stayed around for 13 was because we happened to sign a guy named jake Malone. Uh, we we wouldn't have been around that long had we not got him after because after six we were getting ready to get going and then we signed jake uh, so that was a pretty good run after that but 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 i think that what ends up happening is is that uh again the players are the ones that and, and look they they'll get through it and and nowadays there are other opportunities if they don't like it there are other opportunities for them to go that that weren't there when i was there i mean heck we just Okay, they fired Coach Augie Well, Coach Sam's coming in, and now we ended up with the same assistant. That's the other thing. The players are a lot closer, Scott, to the assistant coaches than they are to the head coach. And that's who they're worried about. When the coaches go home, I was sitting across the aisle from Mori Seagrass's wife. She was talking about having Thanksgiving with all the defensive line and stuff. That's the one thing that that the one of the big things that we missed about having all the kids over to the house and stuff. And still talk to a lot of old players about, you know, coming over to the house and jumping all in the swimming pool and tearing up all our stuff and having a good time with eating pork steaks and stuff. But but uh you know now, if the assistant coaches that are that are that those kids are worried about, well, who who's going to coach me? And, uh, and and you know what? Co- coaches and kids are chameleons. They'll get through it, and if not, then they, at least they have opportunities to move on.
0: Gerald Bruce, our guest. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN at the best ticket in sports. Gee, this Saturday, a conference championship game, uh, one of the biggest, maybe the biggest game in Cajun Field history. Uh, they're ranked in the top 25. They're in the latest college football playoff rankings. They've won 11 straight games, a school record. They want to extend it to 12. They want to win an outright conference championship. They hadn't done that in many, 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 many years. They got an opportunity to do it. Yes, the the, the game itself has a lot of outside noise for multiple reasons, many of which we have discussed. But once that thing kicks off Saturday, that that noise has got to be gone. It is about getting it done in the trenches. Louisiana beat up App State earlier this year. It was one of the more surprising scores. If you watch the game, they just beat them, right? But App was favored before that game started. And UL went out there and they locked it up and they got it done. Now they've got a lot of noise. They're trying to block out to get ready. What are you expecting Saturday at Cajun Field? Give us a couple of G's, Keys, and, and what, and, and I know I'm asking a lot of questions here, G, but what's the most overlooked aspect of this game on the field?
1: I think the physical part of this, because what happened in the first game, Scott, one of the things that, 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 that happened is that App State, the Cajuns physically dominated App State. I'm talking about just punch them in the face, Picked the fight started the fight won the fight kicked them down the hill when they tried to get up they kicked them again then they tripped them then they pushed them and they just they sent them home and, and, and just said that they didn't you know, I mean we're gonna whip your butt and make you like it and they did app could do nothing wrong and that's something that app is never. i i talk and we've talked about this before i talked to Scott, pat warson who's the coach at app state used to coach here for the cages good friend of mine and, and uh he was actually just calling after the game, checking on me, because he didn't know about the health issues I had, had. So he was checking all mad at me. And I said, well, boy, say you okay? He said, dude, he said, no. And they were just getting off the plane. They were just getting back to boom. And, and he said, no, I'm not. He said, "This is we, we've never been through nothing like that. And I told him, I said, well, look, the good thing about it is, if you win the rest, you get to come back and try to visit." it. He said, well, that's exactly what we talked about. And, and their whole goal was to get back to Lafayette and, and fix that. I think that's the thing that the Cajuns are gonna have to do because I tell you who don't care about all the other stuff we've been talking about, is the boys in Boone. They could give a darn. <laughs> they got they got their lunch money taken and the bully don't know how to handle that. He don't like that. And so anyway, now they're gonna come back and I think that's that to me the, the key of it is is that this is gonna be a fist fight. I mean, it's not going to be nothing pretty. If you, if you just, uh, we talked talked about it on the broadcast. You know, I told John about it. He said, if fans don't like uh, physical, leave leaving home. Just leave them home because this was going to be. And it ought to be. I mean, it's a conference championship between App State and the Cajuns. You know, it's supposed to be physical. It's supposed to be gritty. And, and it, it should be, I don't want to say dirty, but it should be nasty. It almost needs to be played on the grass, field, in the mud. And, and just old school go fight and, uh, and and i think the team that that can that can just want to fight and look it's gonna be four rounds i mean it's not going to be over at half it's gonna be four rounds you uh, uh, talk about it by quarters uh you know just because you win the first quarter don't mean this thing's done I think you're going to have to win it and win it and win it again and then be there at the end to go win it. And, uh, I, I just, I'm so excited for who it is. I think the distractions are something that are going to be reality. I mean, but, but if the cages aren't able to mentally put that aside, if the coaches aren't able to, uh, mentally get the guys prepared to, then they app will get their attention. Now, one of the things, be careful what you wish for if you're at. Because you're coming, and you said you wanted to come back. Now you're back. Well, okay. When I was at McNeese, we played Texas State, and they used to talk about, well, we're going to set the tempo. We're going to do a blackout night and all this stuff. I said, okay, well, we, we like black, too. And uh, they come out, and they were playing uh, back and black and all that good kind of stuff. And our boys were jumping up just as high as Aaron was. And, you know, after about a 50-point butt, when well, we told them, I might want to retire them black jerseys and they did, they got rid of the body jerseys, you know, because they don't, don't, don't pick a fight that you can't win. And so I, I don't know. I think that's why I said this one, uh, I'm, I'm so excited for it to get to see it. And, and, uh, you know, I just, I, I am a little bit disappointed because you know how I am Scott. I I 60 years old. I like mud. I think I'm, I am old school. I, I still wish I had a flip phone razor, but, but I don't, uh, you know, I just think that it's, uh, It would be kind of cool to see this one in the mud with just a fight and just, you know, hitting people with helmets and stuff. I think it would be just
0: awesome. Gerald Broussard getting me fired up. Uh, 12.30 pregame on Saturday, 2.30 kickoff. Gerald Broussard and Jay Walker in the booth have the call for you right here on ESPN Lafayette as well as Hot 107.9 from Learfield. Cody, Juno on the sideline, always locking it down, it uh, might be, you know, certainly one of the bigger crowds in Cajun field history. I know a lot of folks that plan on being there, the tailgating, they're going to allow them to do a Cajun walk. Somebody might say, what do you mean allow? It's a home game. Well, it is a home game, but it's different. It's it's a home game run by the Sunbelt Conference. It's – things are different. It's like when when your team hosts a tournament in baseball or basketball or softball or something like that. It's The, the setup is different. There are some things that aren't the same. You know, you see it, – it, it's just, it's different. That's all I can say. There was some some speculation that they wouldn't be a Cajun walk. They're going to have it. Uh, and having this game at home, Gerald, I mean, it, it, it goes without saying. I think it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize it improves your chances a ton, especially compared to going to Boone in December. But how many points do you think it, it, it matters, right? At the end of the day, having this game at Cajun Field as opposed to in Boone, how big of an advantage that is. Just some... Aside from well, it's huge. Like as a co- as a former coach and player, all of maybe some of the little things the fans would know about what makes that big of a difference. Getting to host a conference championship game.
1: Well, I think you earn that, and I think that's the thing is you want to feel like you earn something and you get rewarded for it. That's why I think it's big is because you don't have to go get on that plane. You don't have to go. It's not an easy trip to go to Boone. Now you don't stay. You don't fly into Boone. To stay in Boone and play the game and then fly out of Boone. you fly into a different town, and I don't say what town because the cages have tried it a couple of three different ways to figure out what's best because you can they just you, uh, boone can't accommodate a team coming in and it doesn't it's not able to do that so you got to fly into one area, drive about an hour, go stay in that town, then drive an you know, hour and a half to two hours to get to the game, then play the game, then drive that two to two and a half to get home so it's just it's never nothing is easy about going there. Uh, but 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 when you have it at the house and, and I would say you're able to stay in your own bed, but the kids don't. They actually go out on Friday night, stay in a hotel and all that stuff. But but they're very familiar and comfortable with their surroundings. And and, and Scott, I'm just telling you, it it is special to go down that tunnel on game day. That that tunnel just I mean it, 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 it at those, I remember going down that They we were getting ready to play Kansas State I Had a friend of mine from Kansas State Walking down there with him named Charlie Dickey his was office line coach for K-State at the time And, and uh, Coach Schneider was coming down the tunnel He was complaining, look how nasty this is Because on the side of the wall They got that little slime, you know, where it, it, he's up And I took offense to him. And I told his old oh, butt, you really gonna think it's nasty When we whoop your butt and then you gotta come walk up here Somebody have to get put you on a golf cart, you old joker And I was all mad at him for talking bad about the tunnel you know, and he shouldn't have done that. And then uh, <laughs> Charlie got mad at me, and he told me, Joe, you can't talk to Nottie that way. I said, he shouldn't talk about my damn tunnel. You know, and he did. And then we whooped their butt, and they didn't want to shake Gerald's hand. You know, I, I don't understand that. But but uh, and it wasn't like we beat him bad. We beat him on a field goal. <laughs> so, yeah, to shout out Tyler Albrecht. But, but anyway. We, I
0: remember uh, that game.
1: You know. But dude, I just, I just, you know, and and I think the kids, you come down there and you start your little chant and it echoes in that tone and then, you know, and then you come out to the fans and all that stuff. It's just, it means you're at your home. You earn that and you're there and you get to do that. And then, you know, your people are going to be there and then you're going to have, and you're right. I mean, getting to do the cage walk is something. I'm just glad the conference allowed it to happen, but, but, uh, because I do think that they, it'll be one of the better occasion walks they've had in a long time, you know, for, for people to come in there and thank this team, not just Coach Nathan, but thank this team for doing what they're And look, if you can hug that Joker that wears number one, you know, because hey, and I know he didn't do it by himself. I know he's had a lot of help, you know. And I'm I'm just thinking about Max Mitchell who's been winning every snap, you know, right there, and Percy Butler who's been doing stuff for seems like forever, and Chauncey and 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 my boy Big Sauce, huh? You know, but, but those guys, are, uh, we know they're out playing in all-star games after this, but, you know, they've given us something so special to be able to come and share with your family and friends and hug them around the neck, tell them thank you, and then tell them, now go finish it. And, and that's what you got to do. you got to find a way to finish it. You know, a number of those years where the Cajuns didn't win out outright competition, we weren't in conferences. We right, were in right, right. And play playing, and, and look, that was uh, – I mean, and, and you used to come out, I've used it several times. That's prostitution is finest because we would go anywhere for a dollar. You know, and that's how we made our money was just playing games uh, and going I, you out You know, there.
0: I'm looking at teams, you know, schools in the SWAC since college basketball started. One of them went to the Cajun Omen and, and won on Saturday. But they don't play a home game until conference play starts. They travel everywhere. And that was like, yeah. from a football standpoint, that was life as a, as, as an independent back you know, with USL, but number 20, Louisiana against App State this Saturday. That should be where we ended, G, Uh, but there was a question I missed, so I got to ask you, and it's not the best way to wrap it up because you just did a great job. We should probably end on that note, but I've had some fans come back at me for my take on the college football playoff ranking as it pertains to the Cajuns. It matters a lot if you're fighting for a top four spot. Whether you're ranked in the back 20s or not, I know fans pay a lot of attention to it. I think it's irrelevant. Like, it's it's nice. It's cool. The college football playoff rankings are only around for, like, what, seven weeks, six weeks? Uh, the, the human polls are there forever. I think in terms of, like, branding, it's better to have one of those numbers next to you for a longer time than a number that from a committee... There's not, a, there's not a single soul out there, even like, you know, Georgia, Alabama or Notre Dame fans or or, or Ohio State that would tell you with a straight face, yeah, the committee, you know, they do right by everyone. Like, my point is, no one looks at the college football playoff committee and says, yeah, those guys get it right. So, like, freaking out last week and then being satisfied this week because they're ranked, I don't, I, I find it irrelevant, but it's just my opinion. I it yours on that before, we, before I let you go.
1: Well, it, 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 uh, I'll agree with you on the point of it being irrelevant. I'll agree with the fans on the point of it. It's still really cool. You know, it, it is finally, you know, when you've been there. Look, as a guy who's been in there, we used to get, get excited when we were in the others receiving votes. Sure,
0: in the know? human polls. Yeah, uh, I get I get that. Yeah. I get that for sure. And so
1: so any, any opportunity to be recognized, with that and, and you know when, when you do everything the cages have done this year and to still see other people because they list 25 so if you still see other people listed ahead of you you're thinking well, why not us when we've done all this and then finally at the end you could say okay at, at least at least now we see our name when we look and, and I understand that part of it. The other part of it is, is that look, when when, when guys they got so many people that are into the social media and promoting and promoting and promoting. That's just another opportunity to promote. And and so, you know, you, you need to be able to do that. The importance of it, the relevance of it, there is none. But, but being cool, I
0: think it's pretty cool. Gerald Broussard, a cool dude, uh, has spent way too long with me this morning. I've kept you way too long, G. I need to let you get back to work. But uh, we start talking ball, man. I just let you talk forever. Great hearing from you. I really appreciate you coming on this morning. Uh, Gerald Broussard will be in the booth with Jay Walker this Saturday for the Sunbelt Conference Championship game at Cajun Field. Be there. If you want to hear him, bring that headset, right? Listen to G and J break it down. Coney Juno on the sideline. Get access to things that you would not get access to if you're at the game and just listening to the fan next to you, either griping about the official or cheering their behind off, whatever it is. Either way, check it out. pre gaming begins at 1230. Richie Falgo and Stevie P have that for you this Saturday. Gerald, man, I appreciate it. All the best, my friend. And um, tell your wife she's awesome for being married to a coach as long as she was and not disrupting any coaching staffs.
1: Yeah, bless your heart. Bless your heart. And and, and thoughts to you always, you and your family, my friend. Appreciate you.
0: You got it, G.